Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, welcome back to the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. So today, we are going to talk about applying to copywriting job listings. Um, Obviously, as you know, if you've gone on Indeed or is Monster even still a thing? Is Monster? I think, yes. Yeah. I think I know someone that works there, actually. Oh, well, then yeah. it is very much still it's a thing. Like, still employees. Um, still employees, so still a thing. Um, but if you go on and you look and see what's out there, people are absolutely hiring for copywriters left and right, Copy hiring for on staff positions. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you, if you want to be a freelancer, should not apply for those jobs. So mm-hmm. in today's episode, we're going to talk to talk about how to apply for them because it's probably pretty different from the way that you have applied for jobs in the past. Yep. Um, and why, even if you want to be a full-time freelancer, you are stake in the ground for freelance, uh, why you should still consider applying for uh, applying for job listings you see that you are interested in. Mm-hmm. So to begin with, um, I guess it, maybe that's a, a good place to start right there is why is it yeah. worth applying for, we want to hire a full-time on-staff copywriter if you are a freelancer? Yeah. First off too, you might find listings for freelance True. Jobs. Very true. And part-time. You might find that. Mm-hmm. And so obviously those are fair game. Mm-hmm. Uh, full-time roles though, too, if you send a really great resume and cover letter and you know you knock the socks off of whoever you were sending the email to, which we'll get to in a second, then they might very well think, huh, uh, you know, this person is the right fit, the best fit for this role. And you have that conversation. You say, hey, are you open to freelance? And here's how it could benefit you and the company might realize, oh yeah, maybe maybe we don't need an employee or a full time person. Maybe this is completely fine. This person wants to be full time freelance, and we have, you know, whether they actually have 
a full-time amount of work to give you or not, which both Nikki and I have experienced, you know, been in full-time roles that don't have enough full-time work. And that might seem really great to some people. It's like, cool, I get paid a full-time salary and don't have full-time work. It feels miserable, especially if you have to go in the office. Uh, Yeah. It's the worst sitting at your desk being like, okay, what I have to be here because Mm -hmm. they're paying me to be here, but I don't have work to do. What can I find to, it's surfing the web is really fun like 20 minutes maybe for 20 minutes and then you're like what am I actually going to do so yes and then you end up spending more money than you should oh here's this thing I found on the internet here's a trip I'm booking yeah Yeah. it's not not everything it's cracked up to be but Mm -hmm. so that said uh, there's a lot of companies who don't know what they don't know or maybe aren't feeling like someone would be open to to freelance and so you should still put yourself out there because having that conversation might lead to a beneficial situation for both you and the client. Mm-hmm. Well, and even too, if a company is hard set on they want a full-time on-staff copywriter, they may need some help until they hire that yes. person. Yep. You know, they may have identified that um, that they need this role and they don't have anybody in this role now, but they identified it because they have work that needs to be done. And maybe they're giving it to someone who doesn't really know how to write copy or, or yeah. who knows. Um, I mean, yes, sometimes job listings are replacing people who have left or moved on or whatever, but sometimes or about to leave or move on. But um, a lot of times with those job listings, there's a little bit of time when there's nobody doing that work that needs to be done. And if you, you know, kind of come uh, send, send a note through and like, Hey, I can, I can help you out. I can do this for you in the meantime. Um, that could be very, very helpful for that company. Yeah. Um, Most job then, hiring processes are so slow. So that's such a great point that there's going to be weeks, if not months, some many, many months. I'll never forget. This was years and years and years ago. I applied to a job and didn't hear back for about like eight or 10 months. And they sent, uh, hey, we move forward with someone else. And I was like, great, because I already have a job. <laughs> and if yeah. you move that slow, this would have been a really bad fit for me. That's incredible. Isn't that insane? I remember yes. getting, I was like, what is this? Why are they, oh my, like, I didn't even remember at that point that I had applied to this. I had to like read the full email and go back and be like, oh yeah. That I is guess I did. You dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Yeah. So they need help is the yeah world. exactly exactly and you can be that person to provide that immediate solution and it's really easy for companies to hire freelancers you know they don't have to go through the full paperwork of hiring someone on staff they don't know there's a lot so much paperwork when you're hiring someone on staff um and when they with a cop freelancer they can bring you on and get you started almost immediately. And that's such a, you were providing such a great solution for them. Remember that when you're applying for work, you're not asking people to give you something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I don't want to, you don't want to bug them. If they're, if they, if they don't want me, no, that that's not at all what this is about. You are a, you are a, an expert, you provide a valuable service. And by putting yourself out there, you are giving them the opportunity to take, to make use of that valuable service. So don't, uh, don't hesitate to, to get in touch. And what a huge benefit to them that they get to work with you and potentially say, Oh, this person's a great fit. And maybe on the other hand, you get to work with them and think, 
oh, I actually love working for this company and wouldn't mind working full-time for this company. Mm -hmm. So there's always opportunity to not, not make assumptions and such a benefit to the company to be able to see again, if, if maybe you are the right person they want to offer you, or maybe they're willing to then say, Hey, I know you want to do freelance and open up that conversation say, do you want to come on staff? We would love to have you. Or if, if you really don't like what, what can we do that would, you know, make you happy and allow us to, to keep you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you know, the, the, even if, you go and do work for this company and they're still like, no, we need a full-time copywriter and you don't want to be full-time on staff, you know, totally understand. You have still expanded your network. You have more samples. You got paid. Mm-hmm. Um, you have more people that can refer you out in the world. Mm-hmm. And also if there's an overflow of work yes. at this company, who are they going to call? They're going to call you because you know the, you know, the company, you know, the work, you know, the brand voice. You know, I mean, Kate, I know you still get, you still get, uh, uh, calls or emails, I guess, emails, more yeah. from um, companies that you worked with yeah. years ago, but you yeah. are still their go-to freelancer because they know you know how to do it and you can yep. just hop right in and get it done. Yeah. And I'm still getting emails. I got one the other day, actually, from a company I left in 2013. Wow. So, and so it's, and that's, yeah, having that, that work come in. That's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So, super. yeah. So when you are, when you see a job online and I uh, think, all right, I'm, I'm going to apply for this. Um, they have that often there's this very easy, like click here to automatically apply, whether it is on indeed or monster or LinkedIn, yes. or even some through some of the, the company's websites, you go to the company's website and they have a like click here for a, a one touch application. Is that what you should do? No. Never, 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 never. Don't do it. Don't (laughs) do it. Uh, It's easy for a reason and most people are going to do that. And that's not how you're ever going to stand out or frankly, get to the right person that you want to see your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That button doesn't take you to the hiring manager. It doesn't take your stuff to the hiring manager. That button takes you to the internal recruiter or the HR person. The gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Exactly. And that gatekeeper is not an expert in copy. That gatekeeper is not an expert in marketing. That gatekeeper is not an expert in, in advertising any of the, any of those kinds of things but the way that it works is they and they may have you know written up the the job description sure but the way that it works is the hiring manager tells them what they need and also says okay you know here are some key points they need to have xyz number of because you have to have some parameters so like oh okay let's let's say xyz number of years of experience they need to have um they need to have experience in this and they need to have experience in this and and um yeah definitely a second box Exactly. Definitely. You know, we want someone full time. And here's what that means is that when someone sends in that you or if you send in an application and it goes through this hiring manager, if you don't tick those boxes, you're never going to make it. Or I'm sorry, it goes through the the HR person, the internal recruiter. You're never going to make it to the hiring manager, even if that hiring manager would look at your stuff and be like, oh, this is a really great, great fit. I think I want to talk to this person because the high, the HR, the, the, 
The internal recruiter is going to have the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Just the, Thank it's you. a very ominous term. Yes, aboard. <laughs> the bad person. Aboard the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Um, they're going to have tossed your your application. It will never get to the hiring manager. Yeah. Um, even if the hiring manager has been thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should bring in a freelancer. You know, and here you were. But they will have never seen it because, it went, because the gatekeeper. Thank you, Kate. Um tossed it so what should you do instead Kate or what should one do instead yes you should find out who the most likely person in that organization is to be that hiring manager so depending on the organization that might be a creative director that might be a copy manager that might be a marketing manager lots of different titles depending on the organization so you kind of want to parse through especially on LinkedIn where you can see the organization see the people within that organization and their titles kind of go through and think, okay, who, who would be the most likely? So the ones I would aim for first are definitely that copy manager, creative director. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if they don't have those, those folks in the organization, you know, maybe if it's a smaller organization, then I would look at a marketing manager role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is too, is that even if, and we talked about this with pitching too, even if your uh, email doesn't get to the exact right person, there's mm-hmm. a really good chance they're just going to they're going to forward it to the right person because it's so easy to just click that forward button and it's so much better to have forwarded something that as long as it's not a very uh, I mean you will be writing a very excellent email you know there, as long as it's not spam it's so much easier for someone to click forward than to risk later on someone coming back and being like hey did you get an email that was supposed to be for me you know <laughs> It's nobody wants to be the person that is is, is a, a break in the chain for a coworker. So it's very likely mm-hmm. that even if you don't get the email address of the exact right person, it's very likely that they're going to forward it to the right person. So definitely do your research, but don't worry too much about is this the right person? Is this not the right person? I see a marketing manager. I also see a marketing director, and then there's a you know mm-hmm. don't worry too too much about that. Definitely put in some research and, and think it through, you know, don't send it to the, don't send it to the, the, the product manager or something like that. Developer. Developer. Exactly. Um, send it to within the right department or departments, but, um, but don't worry too, too much about getting to the right person. Yeah. Let's talk resumes and cover letters. What's, are we sending typical resumes and cover letters? To whom it may concern, I am writing to inquire about the position of copywriter. Mm-hmm. Mm, no. Here's my resume repeated over and over again. I have experience in this. I'm skilled in this. I, 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 I am I, seeking I, a I. position in which I can grow my... No, 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 no. I mean, just like any other... Any other writing that we do, it's got to be good copy. It has to hook the reader. It has to convey the benefit to consumer. It has mm-hmm. to uh, it has to talk to what they need, not what you want. And actually, that reminds me. We'll get back to cover letter in just a second. But you know, you see so many resumes that have that objective across the top. And the objective is, is, you know, what you're looking to get out of your next position. What a mistake. 
who on earth wants to get a resume from someone who begins the resume talking about what they want. It's all about me. Yeah. It's all about this like, guy. I want a position in which I can use my skills. Da, 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 da. As the hiring manager, I don't care what you want. I mean, yes, it, you know, bigger picture. Sure. I care what everybody wants, but I don't care what you want. I want to know what you can do for me. So if you have an objective on your resume, first thing, take it off there and put your USP on there instead. Put anything, <laughs> anything that is is potential client or potential hiring or potential uh, boss focused, potential company focused uh, on what they need versus what what you want. But anyway, back to the back to the cover letter. So if it's not your typical cover letter, what should it be then? Yes. It, not your typical cover letter. Not the to whom it may concern. So A, you should find the person, again, you found the hiring manager, address it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently, not recently, months ago did one and I really couldn't find anyone but the CMO. And I was like, you know what? We have some mutual connections on LinkedIn. So I'm going to use that to my advantage. I'm going to at least write it to this person. And so treat it like a pitch, you know, as a you're sending a pitch, you're sending, you've done your research, you've shown your interest in the company, you show your enthusiasm, you show that you have ideas and value that you can already add. And how awesome if they were looking to hire a role, even more so than a pitch where maybe they are when you're sending a pitch, but maybe they're not. They are actively looking for someone to hit the ground running. They need this role. By the time someone's posting a job, the need is already there. It's not, most companies aren't proactive enough to say, oh yes, in six months we will we will need this role unless someone's leaving and they know and they can plan, whatever. Mm-hmm. Point is, they really need to fill this role. So if you're already showing, here's what I can do from day one. Here are these ideas I've already got. How awesome is that for the person looking to hire for this role? They're like, oh yes, this person gets our company. They're already up to speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we should say too that this is how you should write your cover letter. Even if you do want the full time job, if you if you want to be on staff, yes, that yes, this yes, is yes. not just for if you want to be a freelancer working for a company. All of this is if you want to be on staff as well, which is can be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the 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 writing a cover letter that is focused on it's the same thing with a pitch. Writing a cover letter that is focused on the value that you can give to a company focused on how you can help them and how and the fact that you've already been thinking about how you can help them as someone who has has gone through lots of cover letters and lots of resumes and that would stand out so far even outside of other copywriters because the vast majority of people who are sending in um, sending in in resumes and cover letters are sending in those cruddy, me focused cover letters. And it's, it's not necessarily our fault because all of those, uh, we've all been badly trained by those cover letter and resume books that, uh, in the high school libraries or in college libraries or, you know, Barnes and Noble, whatever. Um, but now you know better and you know, to focus that on what you can do for that company, what you can bring to the table immediately. And it's so much more compelling for someone who receives it. I think it's a hard mental construct to break because to your point, we've been taught this way for so long. And I think so many of us feel like we have to prove ourselves to whoever's hiring for this role. We feel like, oh, but if they don't know, I have a master's in uh 
physiology, how will they know that I am I'm smart and I can do this? Or if they don't know I have this, this great experience um, saving tigers, how will they know that like I'm a good human or, you know, all of these things that represent our identity that are awesome. And, I'm, you know, everyone's done tons of cool, very cool things. Mm -hmm. But if you can't relate that to your role or, you know, no one's going to get these things from, from these bits and pieces of our identity. What, what is showing the value shows, it shows your thought process. It shows that you're proactive. It shows that you already dug in and did some work. It shows that you are already thinking about the types of projects that you can take on. And that says so, so, so much more than anything you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. As much as we want our clients to know all that about us, this, this, you know, there's a little bit of restraint in what you're putting in the resume or cover letter. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of restraint. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of bit of restraint sometimes. Yeah, actually. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, and I think too, it can be because like, as we're saying, because this is what we were taught. Um, this is how you do it. And that's been like packed into our brains. Um, it can be scary to break out of that mold and do something different. Like, well, but I've always written a cover letter saying to whom it may concern, I am writing to inquire about the position of, it can be very scary, but <laughs> you are a writer and you want to make your cover letter stand out. Now, we're not saying, again, keep it value focused. Don't be zany for the sake of being zany. Don't be, you know, you still have to be, you still have to have a solid, solid copy within there. But you, if you send in a cover letter that is based on a template from a 30 year old book, even okay, even it's a three day old book. If it's based on a template, you are demonstrating that you don't fundamentally know how to write well to a target audience and that you don't know how to write creatively. Um, and that is, that's not going to work well. Yeah. It feels like the safe option because it's like, well, this is what everyone's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And everyone's hitting that easy apply button on LinkedIn mm -hmm. or else it wouldn't be there. And all the resume gurus say to do this, but that's not, how it works mm -hmm. and and maybe it does in other fields. I don't know if, you know, a lot of checkbox, like I'm thinking if you're going to, you know, build rockets, then yeah, you probably want a master's in engineering of some kind or <laughs> rocketry. I don't know what you'd want. <laughs> rocketry. Yeah. <laughs> physics, physics, that would be a good one. Oh, yeah. But so you're probably going to want to check a lot of those boxes for a more analytical career where you have to know how to do certain things. And whereas with this copywriting, you show it in the copy you're writing, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's writing a cover letter as a rocket scientist doesn't necessarily have the skills of a copywriter and they don't have to, yeah. we do, we don't want them to have that. We want the rocket to launch and not <laughs> explode. So very different, very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, the, I think people sometimes get concerned too about the the years of experience and jobs. You know, well, I, I don't want to apply for yes. this because it says it requires a minimum of two years experience or two to five years mm -hmm. experience or something like that. And people say, oh, but I don't have that. I've only been writing copy for six months. Or and and does that mean that I can't apply to this? Is, are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to be mad at me? Uh, first mm -hmm. of all, nobody's going to be mad at you for applying to stuff. Nobody let that let that one go. I know that we all hold on to that. Like if I apply and it's not right, they're going to be mad at me. Nobody's going to be mad at me. 
Um, but but remember that when uh, when a hiring manager is putting together this description to pass to the gatekeeper, um, there there are certain elements that you're just generally going to include in a cover letter. And one of those is years of experience. And no one is going to put in zero years of experience because they're going to get inundated with people who have no business applying for this job, with people who don't know anything about copywriting. They're going to put in at least a minimum of one year or probably more likely two years because, and you know, bear in mind too, when you are when you are studying at home, when you know, with our, our students know, when you are studying at home and when you are working really hard, you are learning a lot in a really short period of time. And you are doing a lot of work in a really short period of time. And your skills are expanding exponentially in a really short period of time versus someone who is learning on the job and probably getting like the, you know, the junior, junior copywriter is going to be getting like the crummy projects and they're not going to be included in creative reviews and they might not even be included in kickoffs. And so they're, you know, the, the on the job, two years of experience may be, it may turn out to actually be less experience than your six months of study working and studying and practicing and working with clients and, and that kind of thing. You, you have done, done, um, Time-wise, yes, six months is, quote-unquote, a relatively short period of time. But if you have more experience packed in those six months than someone does on the job in two years, that's what matters. It's not the literal years. You know, if someone, if they're looking for two to five years of experience, does that mean that you have to sit and twiddle your thumbs for another what, 18 months? No, of course not. Of course not. What they're looking for is the the level of experience, not the years of experience. And again, they have to put in some numbers because if they put in zero years of experience, what you're saying is you don't have to know anything, right? Mm -hmm. You can't put in zero years of experience because they do need you to know how to write copy. So they're not going to put in zero years of experience or they're not going to put in six months of experience because that's tantamount to zero. So they're going to put in probably most likely two to five years of experience because they don't want people who don't know what they're doing applying, but that should not stop you. If you are newer to copywriting, that should not stop you from applying. It's, it's not the, the elements of a job position are almost never hard and fast. You know, like I want a degree in this. No, they don't care. If you're a great copywriter, they don't care. You know, if you Mm -hmm. can do the work, it doesn't matter what you got your degree in. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it for. It doesn't matter any of that kind of stuff. Um, And even sometimes when they say, you know, agency experience, prefer that kind of thing. If you haven't worked for an agency yet, Mm -hmm. if you have good work and you can talk about your experience working directly with clients, that can, that can that can certainly help. And there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can learn on the job. You know, agency experience may be because they want someone who is used to working at a quicker pace or someone who's used to working with multiple different types of clients. You know, there are any number of reasons they may be saying agency experience required or preferred or something like that. Um, But again, if you don't have agency experience or you don't have literal two years of experience and it goes to the gatekeeper instead of the hiring manager, Mm -hmm. the gatekeeper is going to throw it away. 
throw it out. Yeah, immediately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you recommend? I know we've talked resume, but let's talk briefly about selected credits resume for folks who see these jobs. They think, oh, this is a dream job, but I have nothing put together yet. Do I, do I apply? Do I not apply? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, there is that, you know, well, I've just transitioned into copywriting and I have a whole big long resume, but there's no copywriting on it. Do I send that resume? Don't send that resume. <laughs> you can give it to them later if they request it, but don't send a resume that has nothing to do with copywriting. Instead, um, what we recommend is, as Kate was saying, a selected credits resume where you list out what, um, and we'll have the, the link to the post on our yeah. site so you, in the show notes um, so that you can see it. But instead of listing out, I worked at this job for this many years, this was the experience, you're going to list out the clients that you work for. And you don't need to list the date because the date doesn't matter. It's the clients and the work that actually matter. What you're doing, it's, it's almost kind of like, in a way, it's like your your portfolio, but just without the images uh, and without mm-hmm. the copy. It's It's, you know, the client you did the work for the types of the types of projects that you did and any key points about, you know, the strategy that you employed or, or things like that. And just list them, you know, keep them relatively brief because again, we're copywriters, so be concise, but list those out. And then later, if they ask for your full resume, yeah, you can send them their full resume, but, but send them your selected credits resume about the stuff that actually matters and pertains to that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and send them a link to your portfolio if you have it up. Yes. And if you don't, be working on it in the side, in the in the in the background. Because mm-hmm. again, things take a long time to come to fruition in terms of hiring, in terms of getting back to you. So don't just pause and wait. You know, don't just send it off and uh, nope. Keep working on everything else in the background that you need to be working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, you if you don't have pieces yet on your portfolio, yeah, you might not want to to put the your portfolio link on there. Or if you you have one or two pieces, but that's all you've got, you know, you can always say put those pieces on there in your portfolio and say you know more more coming soon or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, don't to Kate's point, don't don't wait. You know, if you see. A, a great position, if you see a great opportunity, if you see something that you think, oh God, I'd really love to do this. Reach out, apply for them. Exactly. Pitch them, reach out for it, apply for it. Um, you know, you're, you're not, the worst that can happen is that they, they don't get in touch with you or they say no, but you know what then in uh, six months or a year, when you have more experience, when you're even more in line with what they're looking for, then reach out again. You know, there's no, there's, uh, uh, there are no, or there are very few brick walls in this business that you're going to encounter mm-hmm. that you, you have to see, okay, oh, I can, I wasted that opportunity. I can never, ever work at that company ever again. It's not how it works. Yeah, it's going to show persistence, frankly. If someone comes back, oh, darn, they've been working their butt off for the past six months and look what they've achieved. Mm-hmm. I want to work with someone like that. Yeah. Well, and someone who's not going to quit. Yeah. And personnel changes. You know, if you yeah. apply and the, the hiring manager at that company didn't think you were the right fit, I mean, 
But a year later, yes, you have also gotten more experience and, and that's also very important. But maybe there's a different hiring manager now. Maybe the creative director that was there before is gone. And there's a new creative director and the new creative director looks at your resume and goes, yeah, okay, I see how this could be a good fit. Let me bring you in to talk to you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's no, nothing is, nothing's written in stone. There's no, companies aren't concrete. Um, there's, there's so, the opportunities are plentiful and they are, they refresh as well. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So if you see a job listing and you're really interested in it, uh, apply, apply. (laughs) go for it. Um, Don't, don't hold yourself back. Do a course, make sure that you follow these tips and you um, put your best foot forward, right? You don't want to apply for a job in a, a, um, in a, a, a half, this is always get where I get tripped up. We have to the half booty way. Half booty way. Yeah. I have to bleep me when half I use the regular. Baked, I believe half baked. that's a good idea. <laughs> that was from Stuart. Half Stuart, baked. Yes. Rethinking. Thank you, Stuart. One of our coaches, um, half baked. You don't want to apply in a half baked kind of way. Uh, you do always want to put your best foot forward, but don't, don't hesitate to put that foot forward. Don't hesitate to take that step. Just, just go for it. Do it in a smart way, but just go for it. So we hope that was helpful uh, and that uh, the next time you see a job that you're really interested in, even if you want to be freelance, even if you want to stay freelance, uh, or frankly, if you want to apply for the job and you want to be on staff, these are still steps you want to follow. Um, We hope this will make it a little bit easier and maybe give you a little bit more confidence. So we will catch you in the next episode. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.